This is the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast. If you're watching the video, obviously you can see that John is not Colin. Uh, and this is actually Definitely John's first podcast. John's been with us for uh, quite a few months now. Longtime friend. Uh, what do you, how do we describe what you do at Walkheaders? Operations. Operations, analytics guru. A little um, bit of everything. There's a reason he's here today and filling in for Colin Collins in New York. Um, because we're talking with Chrissy DeMarco from Seagate. And believe it or not, they don't make gates for the sea, but they do make <laughs> something with hard drives, which is super interesting because I have no clue what you guys do in this space. I've done absolutely no prep. So first off, what is like for anybody who's listening, what is Seagate? Well, Seagate historically has been a manufacturer of hard drives. So yes, you're right. It is, uh, uh, we're the hard drive guys, but we are the storage experts. There's a couple of us in the industry, but we uh, do feel that we do it best. Um, being vertically integrated into the space, it makes it easy for us to just give high performance, more like an agnostic approach to any of the verticals. So when we looked at energy specifically, there's a lot of data, <laughs> mm -hmm. a lot of big data, a lot of uh, big files to be very specific. And I said, how can we help them move it around? And so that's why Seagate's here and in the energy space. But uh, we're, we're learning. We have a couple of new services out. So we'll talk to you about that today and more about the use cases, though. Yeah, I'm really I'm really kind of curious to dive into like where exactly because the industry is huge, right? Sure. Where exactly are you guys kind of playing? There's tons of data everywhere. I probably have some good ideas where I think you're playing, but I kind of want to find out. Really quickly, what's your background? You're not from the industry, oh. right? You come no. from the, are you from the storage industry? Sort of. So I'm okay. I'm technology in general. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm a, I'm a California based girl. So I uh, started off in networking and moved my way into storage. Done some dabbling in software services and then back to storage. I love the industry. Um, I am a closet geek for sure. Uh, know enough uh, on the engineering side to get myself in trouble. Give us like a nerdy but, fact. Yeah, you're in, you're in good company. Oh as gosh, far as I don't know. That was like an on the spot. <laughs> like what kind of nerdy <laughs> stuff? I'm a total know, like, Apple nerd. What are you like I, uh, into Pokemon or something? Like I don't no. know. No. Um, I'm a Peloton <laughs> person, which is not really, it's kind of technology. Really like technology. the reason yeah. why I went to Peloton is a, don't trust myself on a street with a bike. Cause yeah. I would be the person that don't gets run over. Well, that's <laughs> probably more uh, accurate statement, especially in California, yeah. if you've ever driven in California. Um, but you know, merging what I love of technology and really yeah. that, you know, the community based type thing to get you motivated to get on a bike and exercise. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So it's not an ad for Peloton by any means, but that is. We're totally pumping Peloton stock uh, right now. Yeah, <laughs> no, probably not. They, they need some help right now. But <laughs> that being said, I have a love for consumer electronics. That okay. is really where I um, grew up in technology. So both on the networking side with Linksys and routers. Ooh, taking um, it back. Everyone should be familiar with that. The blue and black. I yep. mean. Always. My goodness, South Park made us famous. <laughs> um, but I was there back in the day, back in South Park episodes. But, uh, you know, just kind of went my way through different types of retail and consumer electronics. And I love making things easy for people because technology can be really tough. Um, and that's actually kind of a baseline of how we built our solutions and services for today, which Nice parlay. I didn't really realize that you were going to do that, but that was smooth. Right. You know, I try. Yeah. I try. Yeah, He's done this for, for a little while. What brought you to what brought you to Houston? Because you said you know you're from the Temecula area. Obviously, I spent a lot of time out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, what brought you to Houston? 
not the wine. Not the wine. Okay. okay. Definitely not a lot of that. Just yeah. wanted to make sure <laughs> you were okay there. with that. Um, uh, so this week in particular, it was for the OSDU member uh, forum. So I've been what here. What does OSDU stand for? Yeah, I know what it is. I just can't so remember. So it's the, the op open source. So it was originally, this is my understanding because I've only been there for about five minutes. Um, but it's a, it was all about subsur subsurface data and, mm -hmm. and an open sourcing of how can I get to that subsurface data and do it in a way across multiple operators or vendors or different software applications? And how can we make this um, more uh, industry standard? Yeah, standard. Is it more like a consortium of companies or is it more just like a, more like a membership? It's kind a of membership thing? to, yeah, it's a total membership. Um, it is a bunch of people coming together in a non-competitive way to help accelerate the industry forward. Data is hard. Technology is hard. Um, as innovation happens out in the field, your evolution of how you manage data, how you use the data, how you query the data, and how you actually make decisions at the end of the day um, is getting more complex. Yep. Mm -hmm. And data is the root cause of goodness and evil in that yeah, scenario. OSDU specific to subsurface data, or does it also extend to surface data, production data, accounting data? I don't really know. I don't know the extent. It, it's a of, good question. Um, it started in subsurface, but it's really what I'm seeing as the expansion is more on um, carbon sequestering. You have more of the renewable energies coming in. There is some edge playing in. I didn't really get into the accounting, but they did have like um, predictable business models as well as uh, um, like forecasting production was there as well. So it was a couple of different breakouts. So <laughs> I think that's that's kind of everything. A, that's kind of the challenge there is you're yep. dealing with. I mean, John knows this from kind of the the frac side, but you're dealing with entirely different data sets. I mean, we're talking about massive, massive data yeah. sets yeah. that completely different departments are using, and I, I know historically especially whenever I was like kind of really involved in that area years ago, it was just so hard to be able to drive standards. Yeah. It's like, well, the oil field is, is unique in the aspect that, uh, you know, the, the operators own all of the data, but they generate next to none of it. Right. Mm. So like on just in operations, so on a drilling site, right, you've got the drilling company, you've got, uh, you know, the cut it, you've got all these different vendors, same thing on the frack side, you have a frack company, a wireline company, pump down uh, and a bunch of other stuff and they all generate their own unique data sets and none of it has any standards. It might be their standard, but their standard doesn't match the other wireline company standard that the same operator is using on another pad. And so now you've got this just barrage of data coming in in all these different formats and all these different uh, standards at different, you know, time intervals and frequencies and all of that stuff. And it's like, Hey, <laughs> the historically we've been like, Hey, data scientists, go figure out how we use this data, build us some AI models and stuff. Well, you can't build AI or ML without good standard structured data. And so that's been one of the biggest parts of the problem. That's what OSDU is really trying to focus on, to my understanding, is yeah, coming up with those standards and then trying to get people to actually adopt them. Which that's is, the hardest part. It's yes. easy to create a standard. It's not really easy to get adoption. Yep. We talked like, a lot about that this week. Well, yeah. especially because our industry has so much history. Like you've got all this history, right? So we've got all these historical data sets that are in these old platforms and softwares. And so like, how do you, even if everything going yeah. forward, we, is yeah, we, new we rely so, so heavily on historical data to yep. actually build models for forecasting. What were some of like the, the takeaways from the, from your time here? Um, you know, honestly, it's a learning experience. Um, Seagate is new sort of new to the space. I think Seagate 
right. drives and storage has been used. Um, Everywhere. The amount of times that I heard, yeah, we got all those hard drives, went to the local Best Buy or Target and just picked up a bunch of five terabyte drives that I could. And then I have a box stack of drives mm -hmm. uh, with like labels on them. <laughs> yeah. So I think Seagate's been around um, just in general, the whole USB plug and play type storage. But my biggest takeaway, I think this week is um, emerging on, on CA2. How, how do we, um, it's a lot of buzz around that, but it's not a profitable thing yet. It's a government thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, so it's being pushed right now in a, in a different way. And I think they're trying to figure out how do they really evolve? Um, how do we really make sequestering happen? We're very focused on storage, but what about usage, transport right. and usage and that kind mm -hmm. of thing? So how do we do that? Um, renewables was big. Uh, I think we're just still trying to figure out, um, what are those standards where they're at the, I wouldn't say infancy by any means, but when it comes to data, how can right. they adopt some of the best practices that we've been using within, um, oil and gas, um, that type Hopefully of thing. Hopefully better than oil um, and gas. Well, I think yeah, we've learned I a lot. Like, yeah. my, my immediate Maybe thought is like, I feel like they've already <laughs> bit off more than they can chew. And then now we're going to expand into some things yeah. that are, that are so, so new. And it's, you know that's what's going to happen is yeah. that someone that was there at the conference that knows a lot more than me is going to be like, that's what she took away. <laughs> um, I, I think that there's a lot of operators saying what they want. It's like their their wish, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, I'm here in this wishing well. I'm going to throw a couple of pennies down and see what comes back up. Yeah. Um, is there anything and, in particular they're wishing for? Um. I was in different different groups. Um, I did a, a specific to seismic, and they're like format, 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 testing, testing, testing. Leverage the data that's in the data platform and exercise it. Like, mm -hmm. let's put it through its paces yeah. and see if what's coming out on the backside. Um, there was a, a lot of collaboration between groups. I think that you were saying like everything happens in silos. So if you have your um, production to processing to interpretation, it, it's like, well, no, but the interpreters are people who are, are looking, the geophysicists, scientists, whatever. They're like, well, I should be able to say what they're processing and how they're processing right. so that the data is delivered to me in a way that I can query it in the way that I need to. Um, and so just everything just feels very siloed. So my biggest takeaway is, um, you know, we're more at the probably the front end of the workflow they're in the, I'm using it now right. and we need to make that better. Operators are wanting to reduce costs, reduce time. Um, ultimately, I think that the the onus is going to be on application developers, software developers, um, the CSPs, big, big, big role in all of that. Um, and and ultimately the service provider, you know, Halliburton, Schlumberger's, CGG, those guys, they're going to have to kind of marry what the operators are are wishing for and what the application guys actually have. Yeah. And that's a tough job. I think they are they're kind of put in the middle on this. I'm a little jaded in this space. Obviously the first like six years of my but career. But yet you was... run a podcast all about it. <laughs> no, I meant data specifically. <laughs> oh, data specifically. Okay. Not, not not like oil and gas <laughs> like, or energy as a whole. And yes. I'm saying like data and data management specifically. Yeah. Because I mean I was so focused on it for so long. And even then it was like at that point it was already talked about for 20 years that data's been siloed and that it just seems like, you know, the data-driven oil and gas conference and the IoT conference and the the PPDM. And it's like, we've all been talking about the same shit for like 30 years. Energy and data. Yeah, Next and month, like, I'm speaking. We, yeah, it's like <laughs> probably a lot of the same topics that we're going to have. No offense, but like a lot of talking yeah. 
when are we going to see an actual step change in the way that we are uh, not just generating, but also uh, storing and interpreting the data that we have, right? It's just like right now, it's like a, just like a fire hose of yeah, of but, data coming from every direction. Yeah. And as you add in, and I love this because we're kind of riding this wave of momentum in this space right now where a lot of new technology companies are coming in. But every time you do that, you're adding in shitloads more data that we already don't even know what to do with the existing data yep. that we have. And it's a problem that keeps compounding. And that's probably why we haven't really totally wrapped our heads around it. But you know, it's not the only industry that suffers, right? right. I know. I know. It's you like, know, it's so we I'm, we, we're so jaded because we think we're yeah, the only yeah, ones that have this problem. Yeah, it's it definitely, absolutely not the case. Yeah. yeah so definitely. So you know, I particularly at Seagate, I'm, I manage all of our verticals. So we are all about how do we solve the challenges in the different vertical spaces and media and entertainment, the first sneaker, sneaker net type industry, they've been doing big data, big files mm. for a really long yeah, time. Much bigger data. <laughs> yes. Yes. And no, like in you, you aspects, go right? after some DAS stuff, oh, you yeah, know, but- the fiber Whether, optic stuff. Is yeah, it, it's huge. So there's a lot of congruencies. And that's where I feel, because even though I'm not a specialist in energy or oil and gas, learned a lot in, like I said, about nine months, but it's so similar to media entertainment. And mm-hmm. data is just hard. You can go to a regular corporation, mm-hmm. some big corporation, right? Or a insurance company. Their biggest challenge is data. Yeah. How do they leverage it? Because it's all siloed. And so you have one person that's a data scientist over here, and then you have an engineer over here, and you have a developer over there, and they don't actually have access to the same data. So it, I know you're jaded, but yeah. it's not the yeah. only so industry why is, challenge. <laughs> so why is Seagate spending time? Like, what are you guys trying to accomplish by coming into this space? Is it is it purely we pushing hard drives, or is there no is for there sure services? not? Is this like about- a feedback? Yeah, like I'm curious about y- y'all's engagement. Yeah. Kind of in this space. Um, you know, our party line across anything is, you know, we're, we're agnostic. We just want to help people store things and data management's complex no matter what. So mm-hmm. we're very much coming in saying, how can we help you move frictionless data movement? That's the party line. Um, and we're coming in here with a service. We're not coming in here with hard drives. And we have an entire live ecosystem that is there to help you move data from one place to the next and back again in a cost-effective subscription model. That's the advertising plug right there. Um, But ultimately, it's just about you need storage. You need a certain amount of storage. Sometimes it's half a petabyte to a petabyte of it. And then at the end of that, you might only need 50 terabytes of it. And it's been compressed or moved or whatever. So Seagate's here in the space really to just help the data transfer process. How do you move it from one place to the next? How do you make it secure? Because the other thing, so you talk about M&E, right? And the studios, like the operators, um, are very much like, well, I want all my data secure. Anything that you shoot for that new Marvel movie has to be 100% secure. Can't have access and have footage leaking out and whatever. You come here, the operators are saying the same thing. You Mm -hmm. have that data security is huge. They don't want to have everybody having access to stuff. But it's, is it a party line or is it legit? That's what we're here is saying, well, we can offer both. Again, a very flexible approach where we can do fully managed security, user management through our KMS system. You can unlock and lock the drive by one user or multiple users managed by an IT guy. Mm-hmm. Or you can go out in the field, no connectivity, which is 99% of the time. 
um, and you can secure it yourself and still have that requirement that the operators want. And that's a lot for like the acquisition guys, right? Yeah. They're going in and they're doing work on behalf of an operator. Um, technically, they're acquiring data that ultimately they hand over. It's not their data, right? right? So um, security is huge. So that's another piece of it mm -hmm. that we want to bring to the table. So is, um, it, is it transferring data specifically from like hard drive to hard drive, right? Or is it like hard drive to cloud, cloud to hard drive? We can do that too. Are so, you guys playing in the cloud space at all? Yeah. So okay. so the first part of the ecosystem of, or our live ecosystem, I should clarify, field data capture, plug and play, just the same as those USB drives. But now we're going to give you like a big yeah, it's like modular. I was going right? to say a bad word, BFD. <laughs> like it's a you can big, say as many bad effing words as big effing drive. drive. There okay? you go. There you go. Um, and we're going to give you that in the same plug and play simple methodology, right? You want it to be plugged into USB? Great. You have a little rack with a, a server because your, um, you know, DAS devices is doing its thing and you want to connect it into there and you have a managed switch. Okay, cool. We'll give you an appliance, it's called a rack mount receiver, plug that in. Now you can go a little faster, SAS or fiber channels, whatever you have connectivity wise out there, but all of it is not network dependent. Mm. So make it go faster, collect, archive, and um, even do some processing out in the field if that's what you wanna yeah. do. So that's the front end, that's our live mobile data transfer service. We'll ship you what you need, you ship it back to us when you're done, but if you want us to ingest that data for you, so you want it to go to a cloud, okay, send it to Seagate, we'll ingest it for you. Just tell us where you want it to point and we'll do that. So that is part of our transfer service. So we mm. can do, be as hands-on as you want or hands-off, right. self-serve. Um, we have a management portal. It's like our store, but on the back end, it's super intense. It does our provisioning, fulfillment, user management security. But on the front end, you're like, oh, I want this product and I'm gonna order three of these. I'm gonna add import to it and away you go, right? We do have a live cloud. So in the middle of that, we also do migration. So our um, migration team in this industry, a lot of tape, legacy. <laughs> legacy digital yes. stuff. To say the least, yeah. Um, I mean, I heard CDs, I heard paper, I heard tons of stuff. I had somebody week. yesterday on a call. I don't know if he's being literal or if it's just an analogy, but he did throw out floppy disk. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I haven't heard, I haven't heard floppy disk. Were in you a born minute. before floppy yeah. disk? I but I remember my first, like a first computer, Apple II. And like, I mean, you, you had like floppy to load a program. I mean, it was like insert floppy disk mm -hmm. 27. Yeah. Inter yeah. And then you load it. Or you get halfway through like, the game yeah. and then it stops and says yeah. insert disk two yeah. on like yeah. Oregon Trail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I did hear that, but the, my funny joke was CDs. I said, well, at least it was digitalized. Like in this <laughs> yeah. industry, like things can go way back where mm -hmm. it's not even digitalized. So, um, but yeah, tape. So we can do migration from tape. You want it um, to go into live cloud. Live cloud is a great repository. It is a, whether you want it to be an active tier or, or a archive tier, but um, it is a, a secure place. Put your stuff, no ingress, no egress fees, yep. which makes it different. That's nice. Yeah. And it also makes it super compatible with any of the other clouds. Right. So you're like, oh, I'm going to use the AWS energy platform, right? Which is basically the OSDU platform. Mm. Okay. You can put stuff in live cloud and you can ping to that. No problem. We work very, um, I was going to say symbiotically. Is that a word? Um, 
it with can, it, with it, other it clouds. Right I think it that's is. a word. Yeah. I'll just TM it. It's good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that is where our ecosystem, mm-hmm. it's all about frictions. We, we want to be compatible with the other, um, we'll call them products, you yeah. know, within the ecosystem. It's not about being a, oh, you have to stay closed into what we have and only works with our stuff. It's like you get to move your, your data. It's, it's your, your data. data. <laughs> yeah. Move it where you want it to go. We don't manage it but we enable you to manage it hopefully in a better manner. Yeah. So is it predominantly like subsurface data currently? So where we find our sweet spot is all in new seismic acquisition, Mm, um, onshore, offshore type of, uh, service that's generating the type of volume of data that makes more sense for you guys. Right. Other than like, that's the other thing too, with the industry as a whole is, you know, we think we have a lot of data, whether it's SCADA or frac data or whatever, but it, that doesn't, touch or hold a candle to yeah. some of the fiber optic and you know you're, i mean how many hertz are they recording those at like thousands of hertz you know thousands of data points a second and that's that becomes very overwhelming very quickly as someone who has <laughs> both recorded that and given that to customers for them to tell me hey can you filter this down for me right. because i can't open it in excel and it's like well you shouldn't be opening it in excel <laughs> to begin with but that's a whole nother conversation but it's uh yeah that are you seeing are you seeing any kind of interesting or more trends around like video and uh, that sort of stuff? Yeah, for sure. So um, what we see is we'll start with offshore. Um, mostly they are using autonomous. I mean, they call them as like trailers. They call them a whole bunch of different things depending on the company. But um, the amount of data that they're it's not just sensor data anymore in the beams right. that they're doing, but there also is video for sure. Um, and it's the time to offload from that vessel. So they're on some big, huge ship. They Mm -hmm. got like 10 trailers or whatever after it, they bring Mm -hmm. in one of those pods. Now it's, how can I turn this around to go down my next line as quick as possible? So that's where we're really helping is most of the time they were using some sort of NAS. Um, NAS is not necessarily environmental friendly and I don't mean it in a clean energy. What do you mean by NAS? Network attached storage. Okay. And so, so a network attached explain the difference from those two. So network attached storage is <clears throat> network dependent, right? Yeah. So you are um bottlenecked your speed and your your data performance of moving stuff around is really bottlenecked at the ethernet speed that you have available to you. Um versus some of the other types of connectivity you can have USB, Thunderbolt, PCIe, etc. It makes data it pushes data through multiple channels. Um, which makes essentially, it's not technically accurate, but close enough. If you think of your freeway lanes, if you only have one lane versus you have four, five, six, eight lanes across, things get pushed faster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're out in the middle of an ocean, <laughs> you're not network dependent, meaning like you don't have an internet coming in, or if you do, you're pinging a satellite just mm-hmm. to make sure things are right. alive and well. They're not really big data through that. Mm-hmm. But um, if you are you have some sort of ethernet switch and it doesn't go very fast and you have four workstations and three other computers and you're also trying to copy to that through a network attached storage, everything takes throughput. Everything takes some of those lanes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everything slows down. Yeah, so it's dependent. Doing it on an old hundred meg switch that yeah. has been there for a decade. Yeah. I think, I think most people are using a 10 gig. Finally. Maybe managed <laughs> switch, but, um, but even then, you, you start putting right. some of these, you know, like 
DAS appliances against that, these high compute machines, kind of home built workstations, they suck a lot, Mm -hmm. right? So now when you say, okay, well, I'm going to use your USB-C port or a different port, now you're not dependent on all of that because now you have a direct relationship to the actual processing computer or whatever the host is. So on a boat, that makes a lot of sense. You have a boat that we can offload directly from that goes faster onto our storage devices. They plug it into their workstation. They actually can make a second copy as they're starting to look at that. So the acquisition team will be like, okay, did we catch everything in that line? Do we need to redo anything? Whatever else they do. Cause I am no geoscientist. So <laughs> I don't know what they actually look for. And then the acquisition team on these boats will hand it across the aisle to a processing guy. And the processing guy goes, okay, thanks. I don't need to download or copy files. There's no human error type involved. And now they're just going to use the acquisition data and do what they need to do. But the raw data is already getting backed up. So that becomes your transfer device. So now they're using things on the boat and their next port when they come in or their chaser boat comes in and, okay, here's your device. And our, our mobile array is like a shoebox, like 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. There's no, like, you don't need a pallet or a crane to lift it. Um, Low, There's low technical requirement to right, it's, move it back and forth and yeah. plug in a USB cable. Or it's actually cable. made for that. It yep. was literally designed, um, like I said, our, our consumer type mentality sort of uh, played a role in this, not from it being a consumer grade product. It's a total enterprise class product, but from a design and design, durability, right. ruggedness. I just want it to work when I plug it in. I don't want to send an IT guy right. out to this boat or to the fields because something's not working. Yep. Um, those were all the things that we really looked at when you say, why did we come here? Cause we found that there was a problem and people were like, well, I'm on a boat. What kind of, environmental, uh, safeness do I have? And then what they mean by that is there's water, there's dust, there's wind, there's heat, there's shock and there's vibe. Um, we also do autonomous vehicles like ADAS, um, testing vehicles. Mm-hmm. Well, it gets hot, right? You have to have a product that can withstand those types of you elements. Like rugged, like ruggedized. Yeah, it's totally. Yeah. So inside the chassis, so it's built like a tank. Okay. Um, not necessarily in weight, <laughs> but it is just built right. super, super, um, with again, it could fall off this table. You aren't right. you aren't hurting anything inside of it. It comes in a Pelican case, so it's been custom designed with wheels, so easy to transport and actually move, which is huge for people who actually mm-hmm. deal with equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, Pelican case is a standard yep. type of yeah. mobility yeah. piece, Are all hard right? Drives like solid state these days, the fastest ones. Not always. So we do have HDD, so that's the spinning disc that everybody's yeah. kind of used to. When everyone says, "Oh, I put it on disc," that was the thing, right? Where like, you so, knock that off the table, yeah. you fuck it, the whole and the <laughs> right. whole drive's gone. <laughs> right? Yeah, yep. yeah. I just didn't know if that was still. I don't know if, the, if like how the speed compared and and what was really like considered to be the most cutting yeah. edge, yeah. most consumer stuff these days is all solid state SSD and NVMe. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. It depends. It, it really depends on how you're using the product. Say, so it depends on the application, how yeah, fast you need it and yeah. how much you want to pay for it. And price, yep. right, for sure. So HDD, on the outside, the chassis, it's going to withstand a drop, whether it's HDD or SSD. What SSD is going to give you is more performance um, for more heat. Um, you know, we do have NVMe uh, drives that 
they get hot, right? Mm -hmm. So we also make sure that when we build the product, we have the right um, cooling mechanisms in there, heat sinks in there to make sure that if it goes out to now also 100 degrees. Right. You take it out to West Texas. It is all going to yeah. still mm -hmm. um, work. HCD has, there's trade-offs, right? HCD, environment, heat, that kind of stuff. It, it's, it can withstand more um, just because an SSD gets ultimately hot. So again, you go back to the NASs that people are using. They're just popping in drives, it doesn't have that containment like we've built our, our product around. And it's and it's fully enclosed. So there's no like taking drives out in the field or swapping mm -hmm. things out. A, because it's a subscription model. <laughs> you don't get to screw with it. Um, but B, because if you need something or something's not working, like just tell it, we're just going to send you a new right. one. That's, You'll have it the next day service, or right? same day. It just depends on where they're at, right? Maybe it'll be three days. <laughs> Maybe Alaska is a little bit different. Um, <laughs> we have some stuff in Alaska right now and they're in a very, very remote location. So, um, you know, that one might be a little bit tougher, but that's, that's what we want to do. Just, we'll just give you a whole new thing because our service is all about our people right. making it easy. Um, another little marketing plug, we call it data logistics. Everybody sucks at it and no one wants to do it. It's expensive. It's operational heavy all of that kind of stuff. So get, leave that to us. You guys just go and worry about getting the right data, right. putting it on something that just works mm -hmm. and we'll help you get it to wherever you need, or you get it to wherever you need to a, another third party or a partner or whatever. So that's where we're, Do why we're any, here. Uh, so are the drives and racks and stuff themselves modular in any way, or mm -hmm. is it uh, kind of per call out and then what kind of, uh, kind of resiliency or high availability, things like that. Do you all have for those? So, so we have, so the actual product line is called live mobile. The service is the data transfer as a service. So the live mobile products, um, we have multiple flavors of six bay raids, uh, HED SSD. Uh, we do say that it's modular in nature because we have all these different accessories that right. come with it. So we do have the rack mount receiver. It's a, it's a 4U standard 19-inch um, receiver. Fits in any rack. Um, but it's dumb. Like, there's no server. We right. don't do the high availability stuff. Like, you have to put the infrastructure around it because we just have these plug-and-play devices. Drive, it just shows right? up as a BFD, man. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so we have the rack mount receiver. We also have what we call a PCIe adapter. So you don't have a big, huge rack structure. Um, you can still accelerate those speeds using PCIe Gen 3 or Gen, yeah, Gen 3. Um, and you go from USB or USB-C, I should say, because I should definitely classify. <laughs> the USB spaghetti is, is mm -hmm. crazy still, and it's been like five years. Right. It's still crazy. Um, but USB-C, um, Gen, well, we work with anything, but you can go from like 800 megabytes per second, one gig or so, um, to Thunderbolt three, which will give you about 2.8 gigs. And then you go to PCIe and you're going to get about six gigs. Um, and then the rack mount receiver, you're, uh, right now we're looking at closer to 10. We're at like nine and that's using that's my next storage. question yeah. was, yeah, well, like what, what on the cabling side, what is actually kind of the fastest? Cause we, we, we'd gone through this probably about a year ago. When we set all this up and we upgraded everything, mm -hmm. we didn't have a board, so we weren't pulling everything off into that. Now it consolidates it, but we were shooting 4K across five cameras and the audio. So it was about a terabyte 
every episode. And yep. then we had to deal with the limitations of, for one, transferring it all through SD cards, which took fucking forever. <laughs> and uh, then we had to really deal with good readers. The, yeah, the fact that, yeah, they were all super slow. Because they're and not then, Thunderbolt 3. Yeah, they weren't Thunderbolt 3. Dumb. And then we had to deal with this super slow Wi-Fi that we're doing. So long story short, it took me like a week to upload an episode. And it got to the point where we were like, it was a major bottleneck in kind of like our kind of like operations. And so we were trying to get like really granular with getting like the Thunderbolts and getting the mm -hmm. fastest hard drives we could possibly afford and and getting a dedicated line and all that kind of stuff. So it's Did you get a Thunderbolt 3 dock? No, I don't think so. What's the, what's the, what's that? For your readers. So there's a Thunderbolt 3. There's a couple of brands that go and do, I told you I'm closet geek when this is where I get. Um, <laughs> this is good stuff right yeah. here. Yeah. Well, media entertainment is kind of like, that's my legacy. So right. my legacy, I sounded like I was, huh. anyway, that was, that was not good. Um, but I used to manage LSC products at mm. Seagate. So everybody kind of knows those orange rugged drives, yeah. um, have one in my bag. I, was say, I think I've got one in my house too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I carry it with me all the time, but, um, there's a couple of different, um, Thunderbolt three docks. So, and they are actual docking stations that you can uh, put your card reader into, I'm assuming that you're all on Mac probably mm -hmm. here. Um, and well, now so there's no cards help. Oh, okay. It, so yeah, you're going directly in. 100% to the board, into the computer, I, onto the drive. Yeah. And then from the drive, I'm uploaded to There you go. What drive are you using? I SSD? Put me on the spot like that. I don't know. Because no you're putting me on the spot. That's <laughs> that like. Because she works for a hard I'm not drive the one, company. And not the one who we're storing it on a hard drive. Um. <laughs> Well, I was no just curious if it's an SSD or HD. I think it's an HD, to be honest with you. I think You're the internal drive is an SS is a SSD. Yeah, I'm and sure it is. the external is H, H, whatever the HDD. Yeah, however many Ds there are. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but we have like a million drives across the office. Yeah. So. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's true. I do want to ask you your definition of the edge because that's such a fun oh, conversation. Gosh. And in the tech and energy world? Um, you know, in our own company, it's a fun conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so we've actually gone through a couple different definitions and now we actually say edge and metro edge. Um, have you heard that one? I've heard too? fog was the other one. That, oh, I haven't heard that one. So that's basically like cell tower edge instead of the oh. cell phone is the edge, the cell tower with 5G and everything. Oh, dear Lord caching okay. things at the tower okay. is the fog and then into the cloud and i'm like we've like we're making this worse for the edge industry by just coming up with these random names and yeah. not defining any of this so that when you go talk to a customer they're like well what is it the edge is it at the site is it my computer that mm -hmm. has the data in it is it the cell phone tower that's receiving all like so i'm just curious i, I think that this is another um depends on the industry and, and how it is defined. Um, as the storage people, we, we actually use in field, um, field is very different field is so, um, we actually, it's the end point. Yep. What is the actual thing creating the data? Right, as close what? as you can get to the end, the raw data. Yep. And right? so that's endpoint, And that's mostly in field, whether you're on an ocean, mm -hmm. you're in freaking Midland, you're permeant, whatever it is. That is the end point. And then we say there's edge. Edge is when you have life, a little bit of life, right? Whether it be a little bit of network connectivity. Um, a lot of times at the edge, there's some sort of infrastructure there that is not mobile. 
So endpoints are usually mobile in some way. You've brought something either out there to start doing work um, or they're mobile in themselves like a vehicle. Um, Endpoint is a camera, something that generates the actual content, but they're usually mobile. They're not stationary. Edge is still, there's some sort of infrastructure and it's typically more stationary or it's a long-term stationary thing that after a year or 18 months or whatever, it gets picked up and moved. That's fine, but it is still infrastructure-based. Metro Edge is where now you have pretty good pipe. You can move stuff to the cloud pretty easily. Um, You're in some sort of city. Maybe it's not a main huge city, but you are in a city environment where um, resources are readily available. So that's how we define it. So when I talk about data transfer from endpoint to core, because core can be wherever. It can be a cloud. It can be an on-prem data center. It could be whatever it is on-prem storage closet, <laughs> which happens, <laughs> sure, that that's uh, quite what... Quite a bit in yeah. our industry, for sure. Um, but, but that's where the core, wherever you want your data to reside that maybe you're not actively using. And that's where the cloud story gets really uh, debatable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, in that's this... That's a fun... People are like, well, you just told us to go to the cloud, and now you want us to go back to the edge. Like, people get very confused by right. that, especially the old guys that have been there from the on-prem... Well, I'm not going to classify it as being old. Well, like (laughs) the people that have been there from the on-prem days to then fighting to, okay, finally we got on the cloud and now it's it's coming back, right? Like, Well, I think there's a lot of concerns. So I think everybody had this like um, big excitement around going to the cloud, right? And and all of the, oh, everyone has access to everything and there's these applications in the cloud and you can do compute up there, you can do whatever. APIs. Right, it got really <laughs> exciting and it still is. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, it still is. Some of the things that you can do um, and what I just learned on Azure, AWS, et cetera, some really cool stuff, but now it's becoming cost prohibitive too, yep. especially some of the smaller guys where they kind of bit off more than they can chew and now it's, okay, does everything have to be there? And so I think that that's why sometimes it's, okay, I only want to be charged for the stuff that I'm actively using and the other stuff, we need another option. And so then that's where Live Cloud, I think, can be a really good solution for those guys is because it can be much more cost-effective and leveraged within the other multi-cloud type. Yeah. I always want to say like multiverse, but I realize that that's more a Marvel (laughs) thing, not a Seagate thing, but um, it is a multi-cloud type. Yeah. Well, I just realized you have to take off. I do. Shortly. So did you uh, see me looking at my watch? I didn't mean to. No, 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 no. I I was, I was trying to be cognizant because John told me to take off a little bit. And my flight's actually on time, which, you know, (laughs) it says something. You think now, wait till you get to that. I know. I know. This is IEH. I know, we but I have the rental car drop off, which is a whole deal because you can't just walk from the rental car place to the terminal. No. You got to take the whole bus. So search. if anybody's listening and they're interested in uh, working with you guys, talking, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, where did, how, how do they reach out to you guys? We lost them when I started talking like yeah, I know. 25 minutes ago. <laughs> um, so I can give you my contact information. Um, so Are you on LinkedIn? You're on LinkedIn. I right? am totally on LinkedIn. I'm... Uh, also, it's first name, last name at seagate.com. Um, cool. So Christy.demarco at seagate.com. 
I am more than happy to take anything with your one listener that you have left. If you want to contact me. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Uh, we have a pretty, uh, pretty dense, uh, nerdy uh, kind of audience. Totally. Here. Until I started talking so, and they're like, nope. Queen nerd. Queen nerd. <laughs> Everybody decided, turns out. I decided to tune that one out. Awesome. Uh, no, I, but seriously, I, I can talk all day about use cases. Thanks for being conscious of my own time. Um, can you give us one in five minutes? Give us a good one of your use cases that you're seeing. Oh, the- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so infield seismic. So, um, mostly I would say on frack jobs, mm-hmm. uh, where data is becoming much, much larger, you're looking at half a petabyte in easily in five days. Um, m- any kind of new, um, exploratory all day long, whether you are a ocean vessel on land, um, environmental is huge. Um, people who are doing, um, different type of environmental geological surveys. What's kind of your sweet spot as far as like, if I'm wondering if your application would be useful for us, what kind of, does it, is it half a terabyte? Is it a terabyte? Is it petabytes? Like what's the kind of sweet spot for y'all? Our smallest device, um, is a 42 terabyte SSD. Uh, doesn't mean that the service, so like you look at a, a sweet spot on data, you're probably collecting more than 20 terabytes a week. Um, but where the sweet spot is, is if you have a challenge, you're doing recording right. continuously, you need to get to that data faster. You're a fiber optic company going out and doing all these jobs and having yeah. to figure out how I can't, I have no people personally who are like, we're recording at thousands of Hertz and I have to send my field engineer back to the hotel, which has terrible Wi-Fi to begin with to try and get that uploaded or right. have him FedEx overnight these hard drives or have somebody else go out to location to physically to pick, pick up. them up from yep. him. And then it's a whole nother process just to get it back into the cloud and all of that stuff. Yep. So, so we make huge... that go faster. So it's exactly right. Ex- anybody who wants to accelerate data from copying to transferring to importing to the case. cloud, that's us. Um, all day long, we can probably help. Awesome. Cool. Christy, thank you for dropping you. by while you're here in Houston. Make sure you stop by again next time you're in town. Guys, if you like the episode, take two seconds, send it to your friends, forward us all your colleagues, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thank you. Thanks.